Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 120, September 2nd, 2012. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hi, everybody, and it's nice to be back uh, with uh, only a week between shows for a change, and uh, hopefully I can get back on track a little bit. I had a great summer, and uh, I think today what I'm going to do is give you a bit of a race report from the Apple Triathlon I did a couple weeks ago, and I have a bunch of race reports to share with you uh, for ones people have written in. And I'll talk a little bit about what's coming up next, and oh, just a little bit of this and that. So, uh, I've had a pretty good summer. Um, I'm just back to school next week on September 4th, but uh, this week I am, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, um, but I've got back to school workshops and stuff all week. Friday, Eric and I are going to take off, uh, go up to Sun Peaks, which is a, actually a ski resort just north of Kamloops, central uh, British Columbia, and it's about a two-hour drive or so from my house, maybe a little longer. And I like to go away on the Labor Day weekend before I get back to school, just to kind of a last hurrah before I go back to work and hit it hard, you know. But um, the for most of the summer, I, I found July was really hectic. My stepdaughter, Eric's daughter, got married, and she lives in Auckland, so Auckland, New Zealand, that is. So they came... I think she came at the end of June, and then her hubby-to-be arrived about three or four weeks later. The wedding was on July 20th, and it was wonderful and lovely, and all things that weddings should be. Uh, But, you know, they were here in and out, and then, of course, we had other family members who came for the wedding, and it was just a really hectic month. I did end up being pretty good in keeping up with my training during the month of July, partly because I was just in town and I wasn't going anywhere just going to pull up my daily mile or something so I can see what I did. Oh, I know my Garmin site. That's a good one. I love the way Garmin has that calendar function. And I was able to keep at it pretty well. But come August, we went away for a week. And I found that I just kind of got in behind. So I'm looking at my my July calendar here now. And I was running two or three times a week let me see one two two or three times a week yeah I didn't do any really long long runs I think my longest was about 12 kilometers and I had a couple I guess I, I guess I probably did a 10k 10 to th- oh no I had a 13 in there too sorry I haven't really looked at this before I started recording which is really bad on my part but uh yeah I did have a 10 to 13k long run every week and I I see my problem I didn't always do my long runs on the weekend as I usually do because it was summertime I swam one two three four times in July uh one two of them were open water outdoor swim and two were in the pool and I went for some biking I'm looking on here I went one two three four like I only biked four times that's pretty uh pretty bad too (laughs) Oh, five times. I did some hill repeats one day. So, you know, just just not bad. And that was in July. So I worked out probably four or five times a week. And I also hit the gym about, I would say, twice twice a week in July. So 
It was not bad. And then in August, I just had a few really long gaps. I was trying to swim. I went swimming um, a couple of times just at the pool. And then the week before my race, which was on August 19th, I swam at the in the lake uh, three times. Well, actually once including the race and twice before that. And I ran only once or twice a week. Like I had this big gap because Eric and I went away for about a week and went drove down to Oregon and we went for a run while we were there. But because we were traveling lots, uh, you know, the driving and stuff, we didn't really have much opportunity. And we didn't really do very much biking either. So I got a couple of hill repeat workouts and I did a sort of a simulated um, brick a couple of times. So I did a, a, a simulated uh, apple course, which is basically a 20k loop that had a a significant climb midway, and I did that twice. So, and then a 15 minute run off the bike, and that was all the training I did for the triathlon. So when I got in there, I thought there's just no way. I've had very, very poor bike skills that I've done, and I've only swam maybe eight times the whole year <laughs> since the last race and everything. So I went in with it with a pretty open mind of knowing that it was just going to be for fun. And last minute we found out there would be no wetsuits because we had quite a, a hot July. It was in the high 80s and mid 90s all, you know, most of July. So, and pretty well no rain. So it was, the water was pretty warm. It was 24 Celsius. I don't know what that is. Low, about 74, something like that. So no wetsuit. Uh, I knew that was going to slow me down. I didn't realize how much. <laughs> the last time, my very first race uh, in 2008 was a non-wetsuit swim, and I sat, I did the swim in 1720. So this year, I went out. I felt super on the swim. I just gave it. I was able to go quite quickly. Um, uh, you know, at least I felt like I was. Uh, I didn't have any stress. I sighted well it wasn't choppy and I felt really great the whole time and my swim time was a whopping 1935 so really I lost two minutes on my swim my overall or my goal time because I really went into it completely unprepared my goal time was to be under an hour 40 minutes now my best time ever was 129 and my worst time ever was 130 two or 33 something like that so I I figured as long as I was there somewhere between 135 and 140 I'd be pretty happy overall my bike I was pretty content my bike was probably my best um, of the of the various legs of the triathlon um, I did it in 42.22 and that was only a minute slower than last year which is really amazing considering I've I've biked maybe, I don't know, 800K this year, and usually I would have biked maybe 1,800K. So, um, yeah, <laughs> pretty happy to have only lost one minute on the bike. But I don't think I'm ever going to get up to where I was that first that first year. I did it in 38.18, and there's just no way. So, And my run... You know, I really expected my run to be better than it was, um, but it was just kind of slowish. It was getting hot. It was actually quite hot that day, and 
even though my race was early, it was already in the mid twenties and I was, you know, working pretty hard on that bike. So I was hoping to come in around 29 minutes, but I was 30. So overall, my time was 137, 33, I think. Um, I still came in ninth in my age group out of, I don't know, 21 people or something. And you know what's really funny is that the people that are in my age group for this race are all so good that even if I had set a PR and, you know, beat my best time ever at 129, I would only have knocked off one person um, in there. I would have come in eighth place. In order for me to come in anything higher than eighth place, I would have had to knock off uh, five or ten minutes off my race. And that's that's just not going to happen. So I was actually pretty content with that. This year, the race is not um, uh, the Canadian Championship, so there is not 10 spots in every age age group in order to uh, be in the the World Championship, so I have no shot at Worlds this year, which is fine. It's in London. It's always at a time I can't go, so, you know, that's all good. So the rest of August... I'm just looking through my calendar. Since the race, I, I went out and I ran 5K about two days after my race. My legs were absolutely fine. Uh, I actually went to the gym the day after the race. and didn't, didn't feel like I was hurting at all so that my recovery was really quick and easy. Um, and I don't know, does that mean I didn't work hard enough? I, I think I I pushed pretty much as hard as I can on that race. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'm just, you know, fitter now. But uh, I went to the gym the next day and did a weight workout because I was feeling good and I didn't really want to run or bike that day. But uh, I probably shouldn't have done that because then the day after, my I was <laughs> I was quite sore and it was only from lifting, uh, pushing weights instead of from um, my race. I'm sure of it. And then on Tuesday, I went for a 5K run and I I had a really quite a good pace on that 5k run so I felt great and then the next day after that on Wednesday I did a 26k hilly bike ride and I really pushed on it so I've been feeling pretty good and uh, I went for uh, sort of a 7k run on the weekend and today I ran 10 so um, 10 and a half actually so I've got to get my long run up next weekend I'm gonna have to do I don't know, I think maybe 14K, and then the weekend after I'm going to try to do 18, and I'm bumping it up pretty quick, but um, I'm doing the Victoria Half Marathon on October 7th. Eric and I are going to Victoria, we're going to do a race, it'll be fun, looking forward to that. I know my goal was to PR, Uh, that's not going to happen anymore, because as usual, I'm a summer slacker girl, and... uh, I like to go on little vacations and stuff, and I don't keep up with uh, serious training. What I tend to like to do is just get up and do whatever I feel like that day. So, And because it's been so hot, uh, I don't get up early enough to get those runs in early enough that I'm beating the heat, and I'm always running when it's a little bit too warm. I find it really hard to do speed work when it's hot. So anyways, I've had a great summer. I'm happy. I don't really care. It's all good. It's all fun, and uh, you know I can't complain. And I hope everything's going good for all of you. So next race up is just a month away. And hmm, somewhere under, let's say, my goal is 210 to 225, I guess. Victoria Half Marathon's a little bit hilly. So I'm not totally sure I can PR on that course. But I do think I shouldn't have any trouble 
meeting or beating the time I had last time. And I think it was 2.24. That was my first ever half marathon that I ran. Uh, standalone half marathon, that is. So it'll be fun. And then I'm going to, you know, just try and stay fit this winter. I have not lost the weight that I wanted to lose. I just haven't been um, dedicated and determined enough to do it. Uh, but you know what I'm thinking about doing? Hmm. I shouldn't, I, I don't want to commit to this yet, but I'm seriously considering September, I think probably the day I get back from my vacation weekend. So September 3rd, I want to do one month being vegetarian. And I hope that I can lose weight while I'm doing it. Plus, I just want to try it out for a month. And the only caveat is that there's, I might have fish once or twice in there. but And then I can't say that I've done vegetarian for a whole month. I realize that. But I think I think that's what I'm going to try. One, one whole month, 30 days vegetarian. September 4th to October 4th, something like that. So I think that's doable. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of throwing that around. And then what else? Oh, last weekend we went up to Penticton, or should I say down to Penticton, and we watched Iron Man. Now it's the last official Iron Man, you can call it Iron Man race. As a friend of mine, Melissa, said, it's the race formerly known as Iron Man. And uh, it has now been taken over by the Challenge series. And Challenge family races, if you've never heard of them, like I had never heard of them, are really big, popular, well-run organization that uh, is all over Europe. But uh, we don't have any in North America. So this is going to be a first to have the Challenge race in North America. People who know a lot about the race are very excited about it coming. And um, to make a short story, long story short, short story short, long story short, um, the they they're going to be. um, I'm umming a lot today. I'm sorry. I gotta stop. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, so yeah, the challenge series is is from what I hear is a really good race, and the WTC was asking way too much money at Penticton, so now Penticton's going to own the race, and they're using the same course. They had opened registration, and they had uh, a good turnout for the registration. Ironman Canada had sent out uh, emails at the very last minute, like the day before the Ironman race, asking everyone to register for their race, even though we don't know what the dates are. So I guess the the Ironman purists, the people that love the brand more than the race, uh, may go for that. And I think if you have a shot at Kona, then maybe you'd like to do that, and that might be worthwhile. But um, eh, not me. It's obviously not a concern. So I'm kind of excited. Uh, Rebecca, Becca Tribeca Tio is going to be coming down to do the race, and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing her in August, and they'll come and stay with us for a few days again, and we really enjoyed having uh, Rebecca here and uh, Stuart, of course. So we look forward to seeing them next August, too. So, of course, here's the thing. You go to these Ironman races, and you see the everyone racing, and you just catch that bug, right? And I have never <coughs> really... I, I don't know. I'm still not really committed or sure I'm ready to commit to the Ironman training. Just, I know how hard it was to, to train for a half iron. And the hours on 
on the weekends that you have to put in to train for an Ironman. It just, I'm not sure. I think I'm just a little bit too lazy. But um, that being said, I didn't want to ever think about an Ironman until I'd run a marathon. And now that I've run a marathon, I felt that. I know what it's like. Now I'm kind of thinking, hmm, you know, maybe I could try it. So because, you know, me... I don't like making commitments. I don't like spending huge wads of money on races if I don't even know for sure that A, I can do it, and B, that I want to do the training for it. So what I'm going to do, and I I know if you're like Eric, you'll think I'm stupid and weird, but I am going to try training for an Ironman. And... With a goal of doing an Ironman distance in mid to late June, say second or third weekend of June, next June, and see what it's like to do the training. And then if I'm, I actually stick with it and I get the training and, I'm, and it's all coming together, then that weekend sometime, probably a Saturday, second or third weekend of June, June, if all went well, then I'm going to do my own self-supported. I pick the course. Don't have to ride the super, super hard course down in in Penticton. Do something local. Pick out a course. Make it a looped course. And just do the distance. Just try doing the race all by myself. No frou No hoopla. No pressure. See, to me, it's all about pressure. I, I just... You know, I, you know, I'm just weird that way. I don't like pressure. And uh, registering for a race a year ahead is just like tremendous pressure for me. So what I, what could happen is I could get partway through the training go, screw this. I knew this is not for me and I'm not going to do it. Forget it. It's not, it's not coming together. Or I could say, you know, yes, I'm loving this. This is awesome. I think in 2014, I'm going to do the Challenge Penticton race. So my goal is to do, well, I shouldn't say my goal, but my thought process is that maybe in 2014, I would do the Iron Distance race in Penticton, the Challenge Penticton race at the end of August. If, you know, my little trial balloon run here for 2013 worked out for me. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, yeah, but if you don't commit to the race, then you don't really believe in the training. You're not going to work as hard. You use that as an excuse to bail. No, you guys got to understand, I know how my brain works, and I know what motivates me and what doesn't motivate me, and and uh, I don't think, really don't believe this is an issue. If I bail, I'll bail. It doesn't matter whether I've registered or not. Um, I'll just feel guilty if I bail, and I've spent $700 on a race, so... Anyways, I'm going to see how that works, and maybe it's not for me. I'm still not convinced that I really want to spend that much that much training on weekends, and I, I don't know if my job, the fatigue levels I have from my job at certain times of year will allow me to do 12, 13, 14 hours of training a week either. I don't know, man. It's just a heck of a lot. I love the idea of the race, but the training is just feels a bit crazy. That being said, you know what? I know I could do an Ironman. I'm certain I could do it. I know I could finish it, and I think I could finish it under, you know, midnight, the midnight hour. I looked at that course, and I thought, well, you know, the absolute outside I'd do that bike is eight hours. And the absolute, if I walked the marathon, it would take me seven hours. And seven and eight is 
15, isn't it? Seven and eight is 15. You know, and another hour for an hour and a half for the swim. That's 16 and a half, right? Half an hour for really slow transitions. Yeah, I'm sure I could make it. And that would be if I had a really crappy bike and a really crappy run and walk the whole thing. Um, I don't really want to do that kind of race, though. I would rather, you know, try to, I don't know. I don't know. I think 15 hours would be a, would be a super goal for me. Who knows? Who knows? It's just something I'm playing around with. Um, yeah, we'll see. So I'm not really committing to anything, as you can see. But I am going to play around with uh, being vegetarian for a month and doing a self-supported try it and see if you like it kind of Ironman thingy next year and see how it goes. Now, the other reason I don't want to do Ironman Canada or any version of Ironman Canada is it's in August and Eric and I are really, really hoping to do, to go to um, Europe next July. And that, I know I can't train the whole time I'm in Europe, so I'm not going to do anything that requires me to miss three weeks in the middle of of my most intense training that would just screw everything up. So it's not going to happen for next year. Um, but, you know, maybe 2014 or 2015, who knows. All right, enough about me. God, I went on and on. I'm going to jump into the Kelowna Girl Tries email box here. And first coming in, I got an, an email from Kate. She gave me her Ocean Beach race report way back in July 16th. So sorry for the delay, Kate. I've been very negligent, so you've been waiting for like six weeks. I did read this, and I enjoyed reading her uh, race report. So here it is. Uh, she said, hi, Barb. I had emailed you earlier this year when I started training for my first try by starting with Couch to 5K. I signed up for a training program with team and training in April, and I'm glad I did that because they provided a training plan and a ton of open water swim practice, and it was so nice to see familiar faces on race day. Well, yesterday was race day. I got to wake up at 4 a.m., and then I drove to New London CT, that's Connecticut, right, Uh, for the Ocean Beach Triathlon. It's a sprint triathlon with a half-mile swim, a point. Oh, again, she's got it in kilometers, too. I love when the Americans give us the thing. So 800-meter swim, uh, 16.1 mile or 26-kilometer bike, and a 5K or 3.1-mile run. And I had, and it had 321 participants this year. And now she's got her race report out in segments here. So here's her pre-race info. Uh, for pre-race, I had a bagel with peanut butter and banana to eat in the car. I had a, I have a hard time eating when I wake up early, and I only made it through half the bagel. And I'm just going to intersperse here, Kate, and as you probably have heard me complain, I never can eat like that before a race either. Even my normal breakfast, I can't get it down. So she said, I should have taken the banana with me when I went to check in and set up my transition earlier. We were nice and early, so I was near the front of the line for check-in. I took my bike to the transition area and got marked, and then I put my numbers on my helmet, my race belt, and my bike. The bike number baffled me a bit. Once folded in half, it had holes along the top two corners and only one of the bottom corners. I didn't have enough room to put it on my seat post, so I did what other people near me were doing. I put the number over the top of the tube, top tube, and I laced it, laced the twist ties through the number and around the seat tube. This will come into play later when I get to the bike. And I'm already anticipating what she means by that. 
I made sure my bike was in low gear and I opened up my bike shoes and sneakers and went to the bathrooms. The nice thing about this race is the location comes with a real bathroom and lots of flushing toilets. Hey, that's nice. Then I went down to the beach, checked out the water temperature, but didn't get in past my knees because I don't like standing around wet and cold. Swim. All right. The swim is a saltwater swim, but it's in the Long Island Sound. The sound is pretty protected and it doesn't get much in the way of waves. The announcers said there hadn't been any jellyfish in the area either. Yay. The course was a counterclockwise rectangle. I know some people have some anxiety about an ocean swim, but I grew up swimming in salt water, so it didn't bother me. A girl from team and training was in my wave, and I knew she swam at a similar pace to me, so I stuck, stuck close to her near the front middle. The swim went well, uh, went okay. Lots of body contact, but that doesn't really bother me. I did tend to drift to the outside when there were fewer people. I'm sure this cost me some time. I also It also felt a bit choppy as we got out farther, but nothing too bad. Things were a little crazy at the corners, where everyone was trying to cut as close to the buoy as possible. I passed some people from the wave in front of me, and it was passed by a few people from the wave behind. My swim time was 19.54, and I was 174th out of 321, so I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, that's a pretty good time, especially since you did 800... Uh, 800 meters. Good for you. Uh, T1, I walked in the sand to avoid twisting my cranky ankles, and then I ran once I hit the boardwalk. There was a kiddie pool set up near the transition area that I went through to get a lot of the sand off. I toweled my feet off and knocked the sand off and got into my shoes. Then I put on my sunglasses helmet and out to the mountain line. 135. Good time. I should have spent more time getting the sand off the feet, but I'm glad I didn't have to deal with the wetsuit. And the bike. I'd gone out and done the course a few weeks ago. Hey, that's really good thinking, I have to say. I knew it was fairly flat with the one steep hill at the halfway point. Once I started moving the number of my... Oh, once I started moving, the number on my bike flared open and started rubbing my knees. I tried to fiddle with it, then it flew off, joining a ton of other bike numbers on the road. That's interesting. Around mile three... I went to shift to my big ring for the small downhill and my chain came off. It hasn't come off for me all this year. I lost about a minute stopping and putting it back on. My nerves made it take a little longer than it should have. Yeah, no kidding. That would have happened to me too. There were a bunch of people watching from their front yards. One family had written words of encouragement in the street with sidewalk chalk and a ton of volunteers watching traffic and cheering for everyone. I really didn't do well with any of the uphills. I wound up with a time of 101.21, which was uh, 15.7 miles per hour or 25 kilometers an hour. And I was, now she's got 267 out of 222, but my guess is it's 127 out of 222. If I hadn't stopped for my chain and didn't fiddle with my bike number, I might have gotten in under an hour. I'm going to work on my hill climbing too. Hey, good. But you know what? In some ways, I'm thinking you're lucky that stupid bike number flew off because if it had kept rubbing you the whole time, it would have really bothered you. I had a similar thing happen on uh, one of my early races, the, just the way the bike was. It didn't flip open, but it, it kept uh, flapping to one side and it kept rubbing and actually scratched my knee by the end. And that was a 100K uh, century ride I was doing. A metric century ride and by the end of that ride my right knee was all scratched up so 
You're probably lucky it flew off. Uh, back to her race report. Sorry, I got off talk, topic here. T2. She said, I had to get the sand off my heels before the run. I gave it a squirt with my water bottle, and then I pulled on my socks and running shoes. I wish I'd gotten it all off before the bike. I forgot to put my hand hat out, so I grabbed my belt and ran for the run. One forty-five was T2 time. Running is not my favorite thing. I've been taking it easy the past few weeks because I've been having a lot of shin pain. I went very slowly, and I walked at the drink stops for about a minute at each mile. My calves were killing me. Two people had hoses out in front of their houses, and if you wanted, they'd spray you as you ran by. The first one caused um, all the dried salt from the swim and bike sweat to run into my mouth, but it was worth it. There was also someone playing fiddle out in their front porch. The run was beautiful, and the second half of it went along the shoreline. At the finish line, the team and training coaches and some of the other athletes were cheering along with my family. 39-49. She was 309th out of 321. Uh, At least I was under 40 minutes and my shins didn't bother me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Time to ramp up the run training. My total time was 204-22. 174th out of 231 overall and 11 out of 13 in my age group. I met my goal of not being last in my age group, and I'm looking to pick out my next race. Um, I hope I didn't ramble on too long. No, you didn't, Kate, because we like hearing all the details. It helps for everybody who's maybe doing their first race, and they've always got so many questions, I wonder. Uh, Still love the show. Keeps me motivated. All right. Oh, yeah, so I'm looking back at her bike time, and I think she was 267th out of 321. I think that's where the typo was for her. Anyways, thanks, Kate. That's great to hear, and I'm really happy uh, that you had a great experience on your first race, especially since you kind of did the whole couch to 5K thing. So we look forward to hearing, you know, what kind of improvements you make on your next race. All right. um, What have I got here? God, I just want to quickly give a shout out to Barbara Nelson, who is um, from Idaho. She was up here for uh, Ironman Canada and this last weekend. And I actually, I was out watching for her. I had about 15 people I was watching for. I didn't actually see her on the course, but when I came home, I watched uh, the last two hours or two or three hours that I was in um, at home watching online. And I did see her cross the finish line. So I'm very excited happy and and, uh, proud of how well she did. So she and I had a bunch of emailing back and forth because she was actually staying in Kelowna. So quite a few people will stay in Kelowna if they can't find a place in Penticton. And we're about an hour's drive away, so they just have to get up a little bit earlier and head down for the race when it's time to race. So I gave her some uh, suggestions on places to bike and run while she was here. All right, got another uh, race report here from John in Oroville, Washington, which is just across the border from Asoyas, where you know I always, um, I'm always down in Anoyas, in Anoyas, Asoyas. So here is the race report for the Tiger Tri. Um, I ran my first ever triathlon yesterday, he says. Now, he sent me this on July 22nd, I think. Um, yeah, he sent me this race report through Facebook. Um, it was the Tiger Tiger Try in Colville, Washington. 
I was a complete newbie, so my try education consisted mainly of the internet and podcasts, including the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. I love your podcast. It's very informative and down to earth. Plus, I can relate geographically since I live in Oroville, Washington, which is just a stone's throw from Ship Happens. Uh, and that's a place where I go down to buy stuff. So he probably went, hey, I know that place. And I've spent a lot of time in Asoyas and Oliver, BC. So the Tiger Try is a 1K swim. Oh, this is pretty, this is kind of like a race that's almost cross between a uh, sprint and an Olympic because it's got a 1K swim, which is a l- more than a sprint, but less than the Olympic. It's got a 40K ride, and that is an Olympic distance ride, and an 8K run, and that's right um, between the two. So he says kind of an Olympic-ish distance. So that's a pretty challenging race for you to do on your first one. Good for you. I did the swim in 29.10. Pretty slow, but I got there. I don't know. I think it sounds pretty good. They started the women 10 minutes after the men, so even a bunch of women passed me. At least I was able to guide off their pink swim caps on the way to the dock. Thanks, ladies. The warm was water was warm, about 72 degrees Fahrenheit or 22 Celsius. T1 was 3 minutes 41 seconds. I pinned my number on the shirt the night before and double-checked it, but somehow I goofed and pinned the front and back of my shirt together. Oh, well. I love it that every time, you know, anytime somebody has their first race, there's always something that you do that's funny. Um, If we didn't have those things, you know, there wouldn't be something to talk about on your race. My bike time was one hour, 13 minutes and 50 seconds. The bike course has a net elevation loss, loss of 1500 feet, but it still has a few big climbs. My bike is a single speed road bike, 2.5 gear ratio. I love it, but I can't exactly fly down the hills with only one guy with only one gear. I don't mind though. I'd pass folks going uphill and then they would scream by me going down. A guy I was pacing off had a flat, so I stopped to make sure he had everything he needed, and it turned out he didn't. So I ended up donating my pump and some patches. Well, excellent. Good for you, John, for helping out somebody on a, in the middle of a race. You know, not a lot of racers and athletes would do that, so really nice of you. Uh, T2 was 14 seconds. Oh my God. I've never heard anybody having to transition that fast. That's amazing. He says, I biked in my running shoes. So I pretty much just jumped off the bike, took off my helmet and off I went. I had the fastest T2 time of the race. So at least I was good at something. (laughs) Good for you. That's excellent. The run was two loops. So I guess two 4k loops. eh? I was pretty tired, but I gave it my all and I finished it in 48 22, which is a 940 mile or six minute kilometer. Good for you. I tried to sprint towards the end and I misjudged how far it was. So I was hurting. Yeah, I've done that before too. Um, overall I had a blast. I did the race with a few friends and I met lots of other nice people too. When I got home, I checked the results, and I discovered that the winner was Ben Greenfield, who's featured in one of the other tri-podcasts I listened to. That's pretty cool. I didn't know Ben was down there. That was pretty neat. What other sport can a complete newbie amateur compete with upper echelon athletes? And that is definitely the cool part of doing triathlon, isn't it? I definitely have the tri-bug now. My goal for next year is the desert half-iron in the Soyuz. Thanks, KG, for teaching and inspiring me. John. So, boy, that desert half, that's a kick-ass race, I'll tell you. I uh, i don't know, man. I'm not sure I could do that race. It's 
I guess if you're going to train for Ironman, that is the race to do because that is so hot when they have that race. Okay. Um, so those are the race reports I had. And I do have a little bit of um, audio that Carlos sent me. And I'm going to plunk that on at the end here. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I think it's him and I think it's him and Graham running again. So it's always kind of fun to hear a little Carlos update. Uh, while I was reading those race reports, it reminded me of one other thing that I didn't um, mention when I was uh, talk, talking about the apple, and that is that before the race, because it had been so hot, we have to dump our bikes off the day before, and so um, it was super. Well, not because it's hot, but it was really hot, like, I don't know, high 90s or something the day before, and I had to drop my bike off. So because it was so hot, I didn't want to pump up my tires full bla- full because I was worried that they might, in the heat, they might uh, pop because that's what happens sometimes. I sure heard a lot, heard a lot of uh, flat tires that were um, at the desert half when we were there. So anyways, um, I just was going to top him up in the morning. Well, Eric was working as a volunteer on the at the race this year, and that's the first time. So I kind of did this whole race solo, which is a first for me. And I had to park by myself and then haul all my stuff down. And normally he kind of picks carries some of my stuff, and then I hand it over to the fence to him, and he takes the pump and everything back. So I decided not to take my pump with me which means I'd have to borrow somebody else's. And when I got there, I saw my friend Carmel and her husband Rob, and he's a coach, and so I borrowed her pump. And I felt my tires, and you know, they're feeling pretty They're feeling pretty good. So I got her to check, and she said, well, she says, I think they could use a little bit more air. And I was kind of nervous because I don't know their pump very well, and I've broken the stem off uh, on my tire the day before, or, or when I've used my other um, pump. Our pump is not very good. And so it's just because there's a different, I was a little worried about it. Sure enough, I clamped that thing on and I start pumping and it just tips off and I break the stem. I didn't even do anything and the stem just broke off. I don't know if it was just like half hanging there or not. Well, the tire felt like it had enough air and I, I checked it and even though the stem was off, it seemed like, okay, well, maybe it's going to hold anyways. You just can't add any air when the stem breaks off. So, and it's just that little tiny, we're talking that little tiny doohickey that's inside a Presta valve, you know, not, not the whole stem, but just that little doohickey in the, th- in the side, the part that you tighten. So I asked Rob, what should I do? Cause I had quite a bit of time and he says, well, he says it'll probably be okay, but you don't really know. And if you do have a flat or anything, you're not going to be able to um, let the air out or anything. So um what we ended up what we ended up doing is he said, Well, I think we should change it. Now I only had one tube with me, so I was kinda worried because if I did flat during the race, then I wouldn't have a tube anymore. But uh, I also have never had to change uh tire on that bike. I've never had a flat on that bike yet. I can't believe it. Fifteen thousand K knock on wood. But anyways, um because I had I still had a few things to do Uh, Rob volunteered so I took my bike out of transition and I gave it to him and he changed the tire for me because I was really nervous about screwing it up at that point especially when it came to pumping it up he knows his his um pump and he's you know he's good at that stuff so I decided to let a boy do it and thank god I did and I'm glad I had enough time to do it because they do have a whole um a 
bike shop that's in down in transition that'll help you with problems but there was a big long line of people that were waiting to get in there and I didn't have that much time before I had to get down to the water and get to the race start but really glad it happened when it did it turned out okay but nothing like a little stress of a broken um, stem just a half an hour before you race all right that's all I got for now Um, I'm sure you know there's a lot of shout outs I'd like to give I'm I'm really uh I had my very first are you Kelowna girl local um situation the other day I was down at uh the the beach bef- the day before the race and I was chatting with um one of our local friends Lyle who he does listen to the podcast there's actually two of them now Lyle and Jason anyways um I was vis- chatting with Lyle and uh, a friend of his came up and we were talking because she's going to be doing Ironman Canada and another couple of friends. Um, her name's Susan and another guy named Rory. And uh, we talked for quite a while and all of a sudden I said something that clicked with her, I guess. And she says, are you Kelowna girl? <laughs> I was like, I'm just sort of embarrassed actually. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's all good. Just have to get on with it. But uh, yeah, we had a good time. And I just, I was so amazed listening to this woman and and her, I think it was her boyfriend actually. They were just um, talking about the races they've done and the things that they're doing. And also with Lyle, like he's done this huge, huge uh, weight loss thing. It's just amazing. He's lost ton of weight um he had a stroke a few years ago and that was just the tipping point for him to realize like wow i've got to do something to to um get myself healthy so that i live beyond uh you know the next couple of years so that was a real uh wake up for him and he runs like i don't know 10 12 14k almost every day just crazy um and you know just dedication and it makes me just it just puts anything I do to shame watching the things that these people do like I'm wussing around with wanting to play around and try and see if I can do it can I do an Ironman I don't know and like Susan she just goes and freaking registers for it and she just doesn't just care if she she might make it she might not make it she doesn't know if she can do it but she just does it you know and I I envy that I, I'm so impressed with that kind of attitude I I'm not like that you know I'm just so cautious and careful and not like some of these um, people that just get out there and just do it so good for you there's all there's all kinds anyways I think I should go um, I'm going to get back to work in a couple of days. So, uh, who knows when the next show is coming out, but thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll end with a little Carlos, the Jackal. And, uh, I guess my next show will be a race report for the Victoria half marathon. All right. Take care. And, uh, if you need to get a hold of me, it's Kelowna girl at gmail.com. Kelowna girl is spelled K E L O W N A G U R L at gmail.com. And if you go to my blog at kelownagirl.com, you can get links to the website, to the, um, my food blog, to all of my different things. Oh, do you hear that? That's my phone ringing. Do you recognize that tune? Yes, it's the three non-joggers ringtone, but I'm not going to answer it right now. All right. uh, Oh, and if you could please, please, please maybe go to uh, iTunes and give me a um, 
rating on iTunes, I would love it. Oh, I got to answer this phone. So, bye-bye. Okay, I can't find Carlos's uh, MP3 anywhere. And I got to get this sucker out. So, I'm signing off, saying goodbye, and hopefully I'll find it and put it on next show. All right, take care. Bye-bye. The sun must say.